Well, hello, and welcome to Sips and Sensibility, a podcast where three best friends from college talk about Jane Austen adaptations. This season, we're discussing sense and sensibility. I'm Julia. I'm Beth. And I'm Lori. Today, we're discussing Material Girls, a classic Thousands film. But before we get into that, ladies, what you sipping? Nothing new, sadly. Um, Kroger's website has been failing me, and I can't create a pickup order, so I haven't been able to get groceries this entire week. So I have nothing new. I'm drinking Babe Rosé. That was downstairs. Hmm, that sounds good, actually. It's pretty refreshing. It's kind of nice. Well, I'm drinking some Hardy and Sons Earl Grey Supreme Tea. Ooh, love that. Yeah, it's real good. And I have some um, oat milk in there with some sugar. So it's pretty bland. But I did have some grapefruit spritz house wine with my dinner tonight. So got that in there. Beth, our drinks actually have something in common. So I am actually reviewing this drink as a request from our Instagram followers. So just a little plug for our Instagram. But tonight I am drinking the new craze, the Starbucks brown sugar oat milk shaken espresso. It was iced just in case anyone was wondering. So that's what I'll be drinking tonight. I actually had that earlier today. What a coinkadink. I wow. had no idea. <laughs> no, Lori texted me immediately when she thought on her story. I saw it on Instagram. I was like, oh, Julia. It sounds really good. I'm definitely not a fan of Starbucks, but I, I am tempted to try it. Yeah, I'm not going to spoil it, but you should try it. Okay, so we actually had a really interesting experience watching this adaptation. We all watched it together, so we enjoyed the or lack of enjoyed the 2006 movie Material Girls. Um, This past week, it was really nice to watch it together. Uh, So it was different. So I kind of feel like I know y'all's opinions already, but we didn't really get to talk much. So tell me, what did you think of Material Girls? (laughs) I don't think this is a movie. I was going <laughs> to say my opinion, but I feel like I need you to clarify. What does that mean? Okay. So I, in, te- in all technical words are hard. In all technicalities, I guess, yes, it is a movie, but it's, I don't know. There's the barest of barest bare structure in this script. Like the script, personally, I felt was horrible. Um, I'm sorry, script writer. But I just could barely concentrate on the fact that I'm watching something that was supposed to be produced by a film crew and not like a high school camcorder. Yikes. Wow. Just just roasted, honestly. <laughs> um, really good. <laughs> Sorry. In a way, I feel like my opinion is similar to yours, Lori, in that I felt like I was watching a Disney Channel original. Um, But not a good one. 
Yeah, not a good one. Because trust me when I say I have immense love in my heart for films such as the classic High School Musical or Lemonade Mouth. And I just felt like this was honestly a poorly done Disney Channel original movie. That's what it felt like to me. You're right. The story was kind of a little bit scattered and the characters were not very well fleshed out in my opinion. Beth, what did you think? I don't know why you ladies are harping on this adaptation so much, (laughs) especially, especially when it, when Hilary Duff won for favorite female movie star at the blimp awards. Ooh. What? If you don't remember the, the, blimp heck awards, is the Blimp Awards, that was like Nickelodeon's oh, Kids' Choice Awards, essentially. Oh, okay, I get but it. But I, yeah. I think truly, what's more telling about this movie is the fact that it was nominated for two Razzies for the absolute worst screen couple. Hillary and Haley Duff were nominated for worst screen couple and for worst actresses, and they were also nominated for the Stinkers Bad Movie Awards in several categories as well. So not great. Uh, Truly, I think the relationship between the sisters was just so bad as reflected in those nominations. And which Which is sad. They're actual sisters. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's kind of sad that their relationship was not portrayed well, considering they're actually sisters. So I feel like it's important to say that Hilary Duff and Haley Duff portray the two main characters in this movie. And they are, in fact, as we've already mentioned, real-life sisters. Also, I was just looking at some of the trivia, and I feel like one thing that might have led to the downfall of this movie is that the fact that I'm looking at simply says not screened for critics. And I think that tells you all you need to know. Because if it had been screened for critics... They might have made some changes. I'm talking like <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog being completely redesigned. <laughs> Pull yeah. the film. We're redoing it. Gosh, this is this is a rough one. Uh, it had a four percent critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. It has a four out of ten on IMDb. It has just been destroyed. And as we kind of already alluded to, it has been scrubbed for the most part from the internet. Completely. There's no way you can watch it online. The only way you can watch it is if you buy the DVD. And honestly, I think it's for a good reason. This movie has a lot of issues. The quality of the acting. being the content. Yeah, the, the content, the dialogue. There's a lot of problems here that we're, we're going to dive into. So I think it's obvious that the three of us did not really appreciate this film. I know that I had watched this when I was in middle school and I did like it. I think I did enjoy the story and I also just was obsessed with uh, Hillary Duff. I just remember which (laughs) sister was which (laughs) guest from Lizzie McGuire. I love the Lizzie McGuire movie. So um, that was, that was like what made me like it, but watching it again as an adult with more experience, it was really disappointing. I think one thing that we need to get into before we talk about the characters is the plot of this movie. Because as we've alluded to, it is pretty different from the source material. I mean, I thought with movies like From Prada to Nada and Sense and Sensibility, we had gotten off of source material. But man, this is very different. So 
The two sisters' names are Ava and Tansy. Tansy is the semi-Eleanor-esque character, and Ava is the semi-Marianne-esque character. One of the main changes that I think we need to go ahead and get out of the way is that in this story, the Marianne character is the older sister and the Eleanor character is the younger sister. So Ava's older, Tansy's younger. So Ava and Tansy are two sisters that are heiresses. They're basically Paris Hilton and her sister, whose name I do not care to remember. Um, <laughs> they are heiresses. Their father died. And so they're going to be inheriting Marchetta Cosmetics, which is kind of a luxury cosmetics brand. But currently it is under the control of their legal guardian, their dad's best friend. So the main conflict of the movie does not revolve around the love plots of the two sisters, which are there very subtly. It revolves around this cosmetics company that they're about to inherit. So right before the girls are supposed to inherit their dad's cosmetics company, it's been going down very steadily financially. And so this lady wants to buy out their company. Her name is Fabiola and she has her own cosmetics company. She's actually played by Angelica Houston, fun fact. It was a delight to see her in this film. But right before that brand deal goes through, it is revealed in this shocking scene that their father was using ingredients that were giving people these horrible skin reactions. So the entire movie is the sisters trying to avenge their father and figure out what went wrong because the sisters are convinced that their dad did not intentionally leave in harmful ingredients. So that's what this movie is about. Anything to add, ladies? I think another key thing that needs to be pointed out that you kind of tiptoed in is the plot is not the romance. It's them like trying to defend their father and like reset all these wrongs. It is so much about that, that Hillary and Haley Duff's characters are not even completely Marianne or Eleanor, like they keep flip-flopping back and forth and we'll talk about that more later. But their romances with their men probably get, I don't know, maybe max 20 minutes screen time. Like Hillary Duff and her romance. I think Rick, her love interest, only says about five lines the entire film. Like there's no greater thing happening there. And then Haley Duff and her romantic interest have a little bit more only because he's a lawyer that they're trying to get to help them. So he's like more entangled in the plot. It's really weird. Yeah. And I think it's important to to explain those romances. So, and this is part of the reason we've identified the characters in this way. Like Lori said, it was hard to know which sister was supposed to be, um, which character from the book, but Ava starts out and, she is engaged to a television star. And of course, as soon as the news about the cosmetic company breaks, he ends that engagement. And so there's kind of a similarity between um, him and Willoughby there. And then later on, she meets a lawyer while working at Marchetta. And that is who she winds up falling in love with. His name is Henry. And they have they have some two okay scenes together it was not yeah. a super believable romance and then tansy falls in love with who she originally believes to be a parking lot attendant 
at the makeup company headquarters, but is actually one of the lab technicians. Um, and so they bond over their mutual love of science. Fun fact, he is, his name is Rick, and he is one of two people that the Marchetta girls confuse to be valets that are not actually valets. <laughs> and it really gets them into trouble later. <sighs> you can't just like throw your keys at any man standing in a parking lot and assume they're a valet. What is happening? You will get your sports car taken away from you. Mm-hmm. And by taken away, I mean stolen. As I hinted to, the Marchetta girls tend to get a little bit confused and their own accidents partially lead to them losing all of their fortunes. So right after their dad is revealed to be basically a fraud, their company locks the girl's corporate credit card so they have no way to spend money. As the girls are sitting at home uh, brooding over this, they do some at-home skincare, and it's a sweet little moment. Then they accidentally burn down their house, um, which I just got to say... The reason that their house burned down was because, one, they accidentally spilled all of their nail polish and didn't realize it. And then one of the sisters starts to smoke, throws her cigarette, and then it gets caught in the nail polish and their house goes up in flames. So the sisters no longer have a home. They no longer have a way to spend money. They have a really nice car. But as we said, they drive to the house of a woman who used to work in their family's home when they were younger. Her name is Inez. She's almost like a a surrogate mother to them. And when they drive up to her apartment, they give their very nice car keys to just two dudes who are hanging outside of the apartment and they, the men drive off with the car. So they thought that these men were valets and instead their cars got stolen. So right off the bat, they are not doing so hot. They lose all of their money. They lose anything that they could have sold for money and they're just completely destitute. So they move in with Inez and they make it their life's goal to save their dad's company, but they have to figure out how to do it without money. There are a lot of problems with this film. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of them do surround the characters and the acting. So why don't we go ahead and talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so Tansy, who, as we said, is the younger sister, but she's the Eleanor character in this film, is played by Hilary Duff, who I'm sure you know. She is from the Lizzie McGuire TV show, the Lizzie McGuire movie. She's in A Cinderella Story. Uh, Just a whole host of early 2000s things. And I think one thing that's really cool about Tansy is we've seen a lot of modern adaptations of Eleanor make her very like corporate businessy, but this version of Eleanor that Tansy plays is very into science, which is fun. So Beth, since you're our resident Eleanor, what did you think of Hilary Duff's version? Gosh, it's just so hard to say because I feel like she was not Eleanor at all. Um, I I mean, I did really appreciate her desire for science and her role in figuring out the um, conspiracy that was at work. She definitely had a a great mind. 
but I just have such a huge problem with how the sisters were portrayed in this film, the like sexism, the objectification, the just, it, it was really hard to watch and it was hard to think of these characters as anything more than just caricatures. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't feel like real people. And so it's difficult for me to even compare her to Eleanor at all. I mean, I do really like Hilary Duff. I don't think that this was a great time for her acting wise. It was just really hard to, to appreciate her or honestly any of the characters, but especially this role that I, this character that I really admire. Um, I just didn't appreciate what they, what they did, the choices that they made there. Yeah, I think that you're totally right when it seems like she was a caricature. You know, at the beginning of the movie, there's kind of that whole trope where she and her sister are partying and Tansy is the sister who secretly doesn't want to be there. She wants to be home writing college applications, but she has to be out partying because their image matters and things like that. Um and honestly, at first I kind of thought she was Marianne because of that. You know, she's not wanting to fit into the role that the society has given her, but she is just way more practical than her sister. Um, one thing that I thought of that I think is kind of funny was that a huge part, as we said, of this version was Tansy's love of science. And she was applying to get into like a fancy college so she could study, I think it was chemistry. And the thought just crossed my mind, how many times have we seen Hillary Duff writing college applications in movies? I mean, <laughs> from Cinderella story to this, there's there's just been so much. But yeah, Beth, I think you're totally right. It was really interesting seeing the Eleanor-esque character as the younger sister too, because there were definitely moments where she had to act like she was the younger sister. She tells her sister she's never going to talk to her again at one point when her sister says something she doesn't like to her, which I did not feel like was very Eleanor-esque mm-hmm. at all. And again, you're totally right. Um, to the objectification part of it, there was one scene where Hillary Duff or Tansy... Uh, she dresses up to seduce this file boy so she can get some files to further her investigation about her dad's lotion. And that scene was just, uh, no, I just hated it so much, especially with how young Hillary Duff was at that time. It was just very difficult to watch. Mm-hmm. I really don't have anything to add on top of both of that. I mean, personally, The two girls, I could not tell them apart from each other, nor could I tell who was supposed to be who, like, from the source material, the entire film. So, like, I don't, I couldn't compute it in my head as one being Eleanor and one being Mary Ann. Like, the entire film, I was like, okay, this is Haley Duff and this is Hillary Duff and this is the movie we're watching. So, (laughs) personally, I don't think either of them did a very good job at portraying either of the sisters. Yeah, this is definitely the loosest adaptation because while there are parallels and I think they may have drawn inspiration from Sense and Sensibility, it is harder to to draw those lines between the, who is who and what does this correlate to and all that. So I would like to move on to Tansy's love interest who is 
Edward, who, as we said, his name is actually Rick in this film. And Rick is played by Marcus Coloma, who has actually recently been a regular on General Hospital as Nicholas Cassadine. I have no idea if I pronounced his last name right. I'm really sorry, Nicholas. Um, what did you guys think of Rick and how he correlated to Edward? So I don't know about y'all, but I saw him for like 0.2 seconds at the beginning of the film when the girls pranced into their dad's office and they both mistook him as a car attendant and apparently have been mistaking him as a car attendant for a very long time, which is kind of unfortunate for him. Uh, he had, like I said at the beginning of this film, maybe 20 minutes of screen time and like five lines. He says one thing at the very end of the film after I'm pretty sure we don't see him for a very hot minute. I think his one breakout moment was when the girls were trying to avenge their father. They broke into Marchetta Cosmetics to um, find some lab info or something like that. And Rick was there. And since he works in the lab there, he helped them out. Um, there was this moment where they had to escape the cosmetics <laughs> lab. And when they tried to go out the back door, there were a bunch of attack dogs there. <laughs> and so he's like, oh, no, come around this way. So they had to get out of the building by jumping into a dumpster. And there was an almost like Disney's animated Aladdin moment where he, Rick looked at Hillary Duff as Tansy and said, do you trust me? And she was like, yeah. Um, <laughs> also... There was this one moment where Ava was annoyed at Tansy and Rick flirting. And she said, quit your sexual banter or something like that. And I was like, what? Who calls it that? Like, so weird. why did you do that? It just was very cringy. I actually liked him fine. Like, he was, yeah, he's pretty cute. He was fun. He was like a nice it was welcome to see him on screen, I would say. Like, I actually felt like he was doing a good job of acting. Uh, the main thing that bothered me was that he, they had thought that he was a parking attendant. And he was just so willing to let that go. Like, they had been so, so rude to him. And looked down on him so much. And they were just, and then he was just like, oh, it's fine. I'll fall in love with you now. Yeah, it also it was just funny because their meet cute was Hillary Duff and her sister throwing their keys in his face and then Hillary and Rick just staring at each other. And it was supposed to be cute, but it was just so cringy that I just I couldn't. So let's talk about the other sister. Let's talk about Ava, who, as we've said, is the Marianne in the story. And she is played by Haley Duff. Haley Duff has not maybe been in as many 2000 things as her sister, but I'm sure you know her. I literally just realized that she plays Summer Wheatley in the film Napoleon Dynamite, which is hilarious. So Haley Duff as Ava slash Marianne, what did y'all think? I've stated my opinions. <laughs> I don't think we need to waste time with me. Yeah, I felt like she was not great. I felt like the acting was really bad. Um, the character was so incredibly spoiled. 
I think the biggest thing with the sisters is that they were spoiled and uh, unkind at the beginning of the film. And that didn't necessarily change. I felt like the people that they started treating differently, they were treating differently because they were getting something from them. Mm. There was just no great, um, like, no great character arc or redemption. And I think that's a huge thing that in Sense and Sensibility, the book, the girls are, you know, they go through character growth, but they're great at the beginning of the book. And they grow and then they're even greater at the end. Mm -hmm. And in all three of these modern adaptations, they are more unlikable Mm -hmm. and they're more like spoiled and in this one they definitely didn't go through a character change in my opinion yeah I think that was one of the biggest problems for me too and you know it's true Marianne in the books too is not super likable especially when she's with Willoughby Mm. but once Marianne breaks up with Willoughby once they're not together anymore. She goes through this kind of heartache and really reevaluates herself. And Ava has a breakup in the story. She's engaged to this guy and he spurns her once they don't have money anymore. She's upset, but then she just kind of like blows past it. You know, there was no really real indication that she felt a whole lot of emotion towards it. And then that's really not what spurs her change. She's really spoiled, as Beth says, and she doesn't really want to have to work hard or do anything for herself. Um, Eventually, towards the end of the movie, she has like a small reconciliation that she realizes, you know, oh, our dad was the one who pushed me to be a leader and all of that kind of stuff. Um, But yeah, it's just really hard. You really have to dig to see that. And there were just honestly no parallels to what I felt like Marianne's actual character was like she wasn't a super emotional character at all she was just so spoiled that was her defining characteristic and to me Marianne can be rude but she is not really that spoiled in the books I almost felt like this reminded me of the way that Emma is sometimes portrayed in modern adaptations and I think when you compare the character growth that Emma experiences in Clueless, the modern adaptation, Mm -hmm. this just falls so short of that. Like there's a way to properly redeem super rich, snobby characters. And this was just not it. And they're so focused on, I think that's what they're lacking. They're so focused on this uh, plot line of redeeming their father's business and you spend a lot of time with the characters, but there's just not much character development happening at all. Yeah. They're very flat the entire film. Speaking of flat characters. <laughs> <laughs> so the Colonel Brandon in this adaptation is played by Lucas Hass, who is actually in the movie Inception. He plays the character Nash. He also played the character Andrew Page on the show 24. So Henry slash Colonel Brandon, what did y'all think? Honestly, I kind of felt he was kind of scummy, if that makes sense. In like, let me, let me clarify scummy because I don't think that 
that's just the first word that kind of comes to mind, but it doesn't really encapsulate him. He feels like a high school nerdy gamer guy that like wins the pretty girl at the end of like a really bad 2000s rom-com. Does that make sense? How does that make him scummy? Like, like I a, don't know. That word just came to the top of my head. Do you head. mean like, you mean that there's something like it's weird, like, like wrong with him? No, like he's more, um, like he just kind of gives me like an ick feeling, you know, with some mm. of the lines that he gave, especially there's a scene later in the film where him and Ava are about to make out. And then the pizza guy comes and they're like bantering back and forth. And he's like, you were practically in my lap. And it was like, you sound disgusting right now. Can you stop? Yeah, that was definitely one of the like top five most unbelievable romances I've ever seen on screen. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, not Colonel Brandon. Colonel Brandon's whole thing is that he's kind, enduring, and just so gallant. And this guy was just not that. Um, I think the one way that they tried to encapsulate that is that he works as a lawyer for people who can't afford to hire lawyers. So that's cool. That's awesome. But he's also just very rude. To be fair, Ava is super rude to him, too. So I get it. You know, the first time they interact with each other, she makes some comment about his cheap suit. And then she comes to him and is like, hey, we need a free attorney. And he's like, dude, you're rich. You're like, please leave. And so I kind of get it. But that's just not the relationship that Brandon and Marianne have. Um, Another thing about Henry was he and Ava... Um, this is the scene that Lori was referring to where Mm -hmm. they almost make out. They have this whole scene where they're working together on the case that they're working on to avenge their father. And during that whole scene, they are flirting with each other, but it's all like mean. It's very teasy flirting. Mm -hmm. And at one point she talks about how his office smells weird. And he's like, is that why you came here to smell my office? And it was just, no. It was bad writing. It was bad writing. Well, it's like they got in this big fight and then like in the next part of the movie, they were magically back together and like super in love. I was like, you guys do not belong together. Yeah. (laughs) Not at all. Also, the way they were flirting reminded me of the way that the guy who has a crush on you in high school will like kind of bully you, you know? And I was like, they're supposed to be adults. Please. No. So... So normally this is the point where we would talk about the Willoughby-esque character, but honestly, y'all, he had such a small role in this movie that there's really nothing we're saying other than the fact that at the beginning of the movie, he signs a girl's abs in a club. So that's really all you need to know about him. Just so we don't leave you hanging on how this movie ends, are they able to avenge their father? The answer is yes. The entire plot line that their father was ignoring that his lotion gave people rashes was completely fabricated by, surprise of surprises, the guardian of theirs who was running the company at the time. Their guardian was really upset that 
Ava and Tansy's dad left the company to his daughters instead of him. And so he decided to ruin his legacy and try to profit off of the stocks he would get from selling off the company. So the girls come together with their lawyer and chemist boyfriends and stick it to their guardian. And Fabiella, who was the owner of the cosmetics company that you thought was trying to defame their father, is cleared of everything, which is great because Angelica Houston, she doesn't deserve that. Even though there's this really creepy culty scene where she's trying to convince the girls to sell her the products and... They're like in the spa within her company. It's very weird. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so the girls are able to restore their father's name and they take over Marchetta Cosmetics. Hillary Duff is a chemist for their company and develops new products all the time with her boyfriend. And Ava slash Haley Duff is kind of the face of the company and their mission is to make affordable cosmetics. Another little fun thing is that a storyline with Inez is that their father was trying to get her daughters uh, across the border to be reunited with their mother. And Hillary and Haley Duff take on that mission. And at the end of the movie, the daughters are reunited with their mother, which is very sweet. So that's how the movie ends. Similar to Willoughby, uh, I don't think we're going to waste any time on book-to-movie accuracy because there wasn't a whole lot of it. I think it can really be summed up to the fact that the scriptwriters took two female siblings whose father dies, leaves them destitute, must find money again, and finds quote-unquote small romance. <laughs> That's your adaptation, folks. Guys, you can have a riches to rags adaptation without making it an adaptation of Sense and Sensibility. Please stop doing that. <laughs> Please at least stop putting it in the branding. But yeah, it's just, it's just really bad, and I would not consider it an adaptation. I think that's an agreement with the other two sips ladies but diverging from there uh what are y'all's make it or break it's because i i have a lot of break it's and i have one make it and it's very very small my make it was definitely that inez who is the the lady who'd worked in their household um that her kids got to move to her home like got to move to america and they were reunited that was my make it for sure i loved that very short scene at the end um i break it just the credible problematic nature of this film um there's a lot of things that were frustrating when watching i mean the acting was bad and the dialogue was bad but it's also just frustrating to see how they how they treated people and how people treated them and what, how they thought of themselves. Just a lot of these things were frustrating to watch. Um, and I th really think that's why this plummeted so, so poorly. So my make it, I also loved the moment with Inez and her daughters, but I think another make it for me is just Angelica Houston. I just love her. I think she's great. This was not the best movie but she made the moments that she was in a little bit better. So that's my make it. My break it, uh, just, there was there was no Marianne, you know? Ava was not Marianne. Henry was not Colonel Brandon. There was no Willoughby. It was just like bad adaptation wise. And I think 
As Beth alluded to, the stereotypical nature of just so many different characters from the LGBTQ plus community to women in general, it was just bad. Well, should I just read off my list of breakets uh, in bullet point form? Because um, here we go. Uh, The horrible early 2000 stereotypes. I think we all agree on that. Which include the gay black best friend. Um, the Latino quote-unquote staff, uh, the annoying assistant, and the wannabe intern were all horrible. Another horrible thing was the script. It wasn't written well at all. It conflicted itself constantly. But Lori, it said that Hilary Duff ad-libbed so many lines. (laughs) It did? Oh, well, that shows. (laughs) And I love her to death. She's amazing. But wow. Uh, and <laughs> tacking onto that, the delivery, some of those lines were not delivered well. Uh, overall, no character consistency. It just, yeah, it was just, it was bad. My make it, this one small line Rick says that did not age well at all. And it's hilarious to listen to going back in time. But he says, talking to Hillary Duff, you're a regular Martha Stewart. Except the going to jail part. I died. Because that was so freaking funny. I think we should point out that at one point in the film, Hillary Duff does wind up in jail. And that's why it's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Laura, you really only got two somewhat viable options here. Who would you choose to date from Material Girls? I guess Rick. I like his face. And at no point do I think, looking back, he insulted anyone or objectified anyone. I'm trying to think. Please confirm or deny. Yeah, I feel like he's a solid enough choice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I would definitely choose him over the other guy. (laughs) Yeah. There really wasn't much of a choice here. Oh, my goodness. So how are y'all's beverages this evening? Uh, Well, my Blue Yeti is completely empty. Uh, It was pretty good. It was nice and refreshing. Much needed um, on a long Thursday. So, you know, recommend. Julia, I'm curious uh, how you enjoyed that Starbucks drink. Yes, we're anxiously awaiting your review. So I also finished my iced latte, and I have just a couple of notes about it. It is creamy, it is cinnamony, it is subtly sweet, and it is just so nostalgic. So I think that the oat milk, that's my favorite dairy alternative. So automatically points there. I don't like a drink that's too, too sweet. So points for being subtly sweet. And I also just love the espresso flavor. I think a lot of Starbucks coffee has like kind of like a gross, bitter aftertaste. And personally, I felt like this really didn't. That could just be me not wanting it to be there, but I really felt like this didn't have a gross aftertaste. So yeah, I really, really love this drink. It reminded me of, you know, Starbucks tastes kind of magical when you first have it when you're a kid. And it kind of reminded me of that. So I would recommend. But from talking to Lori, I know that we don't have the same opinion. And in order to balance mine, I feel like she should share what she thought of it when she had it earlier today. <laughs> yeah, I. it's not like I hated it. It wasn't awful. But I do think that our drinks were made differently. Our drinks were made in different states by different people. So caution to whoever goes and buys this drink. I had it earlier today, but a friend bought it for me on her way to work. So what I think happened was it was a little watered down. 
I like my stuff fairly sweet. So I think that also docked points for me. In conclusion, uh, the science Lori is saying she needs to reconduct this experiment and go get another one. Well, we just got this really fancy espresso machine. So what I'm hearing from y'all is I need to try making my own version of this. Definitely, definitely make your own. (laughs) Uh, We're still figuring out our ratios, but uh, it's, it's pretty good and it's pretty exciting. Uh, my tea was super bad. Aww. Oh, no. <laughs> the tea wasn't that bad. I think I just, like, I love that brand and that type of tea. I think I just wasn't in the mood for it. And Earl Grey can be pretty bitter. It's a strong flavor, I guess. And I, <laughs> like a fool, I let the bag stay in there. And so it just steeps. Mm. It's been literally steeping this whole mm. time. Uh, so I have not been able to finish it. It just... I just couldn't do it. I have a weird like feeling on my teeth now. It's just mm. I don't know. Not a great tea. Not a great tea choice for me tonight. Well, my tea was disappointing. This film was disappointing. <laughs> but I really hope this episode hasn't been disappointing for you guys listening to it. Um, I hope you enjoyed our conversation, our roast, if you will. <laughs> Of Material Girls, I did not expect us to be this harsh, but truly rewatching it, it, this is what it deserved. This is what it needed. Um, So really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did, we would really appreciate it if you could rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and if you would follow us on Instagram. On Instagram, we were at Sips and Sensibility Pod. You can also like our Facebook page, which is Sips and Sensibility. Um, we are really active on our Instagram. We're constantly doing polls, sharing memes. So we would really love for you guys to head on over there and follow our page. And we would love to get to know you a little bit more that way. Julia, do you have an Instagram shout out for us tonight? I do, in fact, have an Instagram shout out. So this time I did a poll on our story because I knew that there would be a lot of people who didn't know this movie. So I showed you a picture of your two options for Lori to date. And (laughs) I am going to shout out one of the people that voted for Rick, who Lori chose. So Emma Wallace, you are our... Winner of the shout out today, Emma Wallace Music has been following us for so long. She makes some great music on her Instagram, so be sure to check out her page. And she's at Emma E M M A W A L L A C E M U S I C Emma Wallace Music. So be sure to check her out. Thank you so much for listening, Emma. Hey guys, before we tell you about what we're doing next week, I just have a fun little thing to tell y'all. Um, first, I just really want to shout out this sweatshirt that I'm wearing while we're recording. Um, it says J Night and it is from Inkwell Threads. This is not a paid promotion or anything like that, not an ad. I spend my own cash money on this. I just love it and it brings me so much joy that I want to share it with my fellow J Knights. Um, also, because this movie has such incredibly hilarious reviews on IMDb, Um, While our outro music plays today, I'm going to be reading the titles of some of those reviews. Um, So stick around and and hear that a little bit at the end. I know I look forward to listening to these because I haven't read any of them. Pure gold, Lori. Pure gold. (laughs) I am ready to laugh. 
unfortunately, it is time for our episode to end. Uh, what an episode it has been. Uh, this was a rough movie to watch, y'all. Not gonna lie. It was rough. But next time, we are going to do a super fun recap of our entire season. Picking out our favorite moments from our different adaptations and episodes, favorite little one-liners and characters, and who's the best actor for who. So make sure you tune in next time and hear that and see what our opinions are because they might shock and astound you. And also, another fun little announcement, we are going to be doing a Q&A episode coming up soon. So make sure to DM us your questions and keep an eye out on our Instagram and Facebook for different, you know, like ask me a question on stories or just drop it wherever you feel free. Yeah, you can DM us. I'll be putting question boxes on our stories and I'll also be making a post that you can comment your questions on. So send those in however you want, whenever, wherever you want, we'll find them. And now I'm really eager to uh, hear all of these <laughs> review titles. So until next time, y'all, keep on sipping. Ode to Shallowness disappointed, physically painful to endure, sickening display of the reason this generation will destroy the world, awful, cringeworthy and politically incorrect. I'm not rich, nor I know about cosmetics. Bad, just bad, just horribly bad. Ridiculously idiotic, it's almost hilarious. The worst film I've ever seen. A self-biography of the Duffs. I am no longer friends with someone because of this movie. If you're willing to sit through this dross, more power to you. Not just awful, it's evil. Complete train wreck.